This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. If you'd like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash reposted. Thank you for stopping by. Today, we're joined by Gina Grad. She's a podcaster, radio personality, and voiceover artist. You can check her out five days a week co-hosting the Adam Carolla Show. She's a news anchor for the Tim Conway Jr. Show on KFI AM 640, and her podcast with Teresa Strasser, Easy Listening. It's this great podcast where they talk about shows that you suggest and break down different podcasts. So if you haven't checked that out, check it out. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gina. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I would like to start out... I'm fascinated by you because you work in radio and voiceover, which is wildly competitive. And I love this quote from Dolly Parton. She says, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. No, that's that's my girl. I I'm, I am, I appreciate that you pulled that quote. And it, I mean, what could be more accurate than that? Right. So, I mean, do you see a relationship with that between voiceover and radio? Because they're wildly competitive. You started, I think, in Los Angeles, which is the second market. Like, what is that like? You had no safety net. Nothing. Um, I think they're, uh, yes, they're incredibly competitive and I blame Shrek and I always will. And I promise this makes sense. So, I, and I, I don't think I'm getting this wrong, but pre Shrek, super multi, multi mega stars did not do voiceover, or at least they did. They did them in another country or they did it, you know, under an assumed name. It wasn't the thing to do. So, people who are career voiceover artists, got all these great roles and all these great animated series and all these great, um, you know, feature films. And I, in my memory, it was Shrek. It was Cameron Diaz, Mike Myers, um, you know, all these big stars, uh, John Lithgow. And all of a sudden we're like, whoa, they're doing animation. And all the other celebrities said, oh, it's okay to do animation. Well, pff, this is easy. I sit in a booth in my pajamas and, uh, you know, start uh, cashing checks. So it really did make it that much harder and that much more competitive. It sort of bumped everyone down a ring and I wasn't even on the ladder yet. So uh, it, it definitely made it tough, but it didn't, it didn't quell, quench, quell. I got to look those up. My desire to be in that industry. Um, but the the thing that they both rely on is your voice. So it, it makes sense that whether you're doing a character or you're just speaking, um, you know, Minnie Mouse isn't going to cut it. In fact, I listened to old tapes of myself and my voice was much higher. I mean, granted, I was 20 years younger, so I was like, I don't know, 11 and a half. And, um, and, but my voice just sounds higher. I'm more nervous. I'm younger. And I actually had to train myself to put a little more bass in my voice because it's really hard to listen to high-pitched people on the radio for very long and I think that's why we don't have a lot of female hosts and we sprinkle in you know these things in different ways and I think some of it has to do with the sound of your voice and if you're always talking like this you can't hear it for four hours so you have to sound like something that is, you know, not uh, not uh, not poison to the ear, I think is is part of it. Right. right. You know, you do lots of things. Uh, one of the things that I think you really do well is sidekicking for Corolla and for Conway. And people think, thank you. Well, that's, that's an easy job. You just let the star <laughs> be the star. But sidekicking <laughs> is a real hard job setting them up, giving them the right news. 
but also sidekicking in life. Like you're a sidekick to your spouse. I am sidekick to a boss. Like what's good tips of being a good sidekick? That is such a good question. And I know when people say something's a good question, it's because they're stalling for time because they don't have an answer. (laughs) But I'm telling you, that is a great question. Because when I start, I started both of those shows. um, No, I'm sorry. I started the Corolla show and my morning show 10 days apart. So I, you know, when people like, well, why don't you do your, you know, start your own podcast again? I go, no, 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 no. I don't have the bandwidth for that. I don't have the headspace. I have to stay in sidekick mode right now. Uh, It is so specific and you are threading such a thin needle. I don't want to have to access the part of my brain where I have to take the reins right now because I'm not getting paid to take the reins right now. I'm getting paid to play double Dutch and to know just when to jump in between these two ropes. And it is hard and I can't focus on anything else right now. So um, if you ask Conway or you ask Mark Thompson or you ask Adam Carolla, they will uh, probably have uh, varying answers on how skilled I am at this. And sometimes you just kind of have to interrupt. But in general, it's it's tough because your whole job is to pass the ball and um, and not take the shot. And it is it is it is a skill that I've had to learn because there are things about me that I've had to pull back. There are absolutely things about me that I've had to ramp up. And after six years on Corolla, I'm finally starting to feel a little more comfortable. But there are days where I'm like, well, that was a disaster. And I'm just going to have to hope for for better tomorrow. I've been married for 16 years. I just finally feel comfortable. So there you go. <laughs> So something I really like to talk about on the show a lot is improv. And I think, have you taken improv classes? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would probably be one of the things that really lends itself well to just existing with people in general, right? Yes, absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i telling you this, and I'm not, there is nothing humble about this. I'm actually being quite brave by telling you, I am terrible at improv. I am the worst. I've taken uh, Groundlings. I've taken uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. I fail miserably. I was I was held back at Groundlings. I'm the worst improviser when it comes to like the true, you know, like chess game of the improvising, you know, raise the game and it's three right. different tiers. I, I don't know. It sounds like math. I hate it. I my My fiance is a master at it and we do it together. And I'm like, what did I just do? He's like, I don't know. But when it comes to, (laughs) when it comes to just listening and being present and yes, and, and in improv, um, every new piece of information you give your partner is called a gift. Like, don't forget to give them a gift. Like they need to know where they are, what your relationship is, why they're there. And I just try to listen for gifts with Adam. I try to give a few gifts and that's as far as in the improv training as I've ever been able to wrap my head around. You know, I think one of the problems with America right now is we've lost middledom. Like we lost, you got to be the left or right. Yeah. And I feel like the shows you're associated with, with Adam, with Conway, uh, Mark O'Brien guys, is that they don't really care about the left or the right. They just care if you're stupid. If you're stupid, you're out. I feel like there's a gift you guys have of really kind of tacting right down the middle. Thank you. That is so nice and refreshing because, um, you know, when people... <laughs> That adage of like, you know, what you think of me says more about you than it says about me, you know, like that kind of thing. That's what I always keep in mind because 
that's how I know I guess I'm doing something correctly when somebody who's a, a big right wing guy hates me because I'm too liberal and a left wing guy hates me because, oh, I've lost my way or I go, OK, then that's how I know I'm being intellectually honest. That's how I know I'm I'm speaking my truth and having conversations that are either comfortable or uncomfortable. But either way, I'm learning. I'm always learning. And I don't have, and I was just talking about this this morning. I have always admired people, especially women who have a very clear point of view, very solid, unwavering. And I am so jealous of that because I don't have that. I have, well, that's a good point. Well, that's a good point. And you'll hear me on Corolla a lot going, okay, I think like trying to be the translator. Like, okay, I, Adam, what you're trying to say is this, but Brian's point, and I don't have a, you know, that's what I think. And, 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 and F you, I, I, I don't have it. And I know it's more compelling and maybe more entertaining, but I'm not, I wasn't born that way. I wasn't raised that way. And I don't have that switch. So I'm kind of always staying open to things, which is why it surprises me when so many people hate me for opposite reasons. <laughs> it's probably because they're not listening. Maybe too. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about, so you have your show with Teresa, Easy Listening, uh -huh. and we were talking about your kind of a sidekick co-host on the Adam Carolla show. What's it like kind of shifting into the realms of like you're, it's all, it's all you two and you're driving it I and mean, you've done almost a hundred episodes now. Yeah. Like, what has that process been it's like? It's so great. Um, so I used to host a podcast called the pretty good podcast out when it really truly was the wild west. I mean, we had 75,000 downloads a show because there was nothing else to listen to. I mean, it was like it, we were network, you know, around when Lucille ball was, was on, you know, it, it, yeah, we were, we were funny question mark, but there were no other podcasts. So I'm, I've been podcasting since the day, since 2009. And we did about, we did over 2000 shows. Then I had the Gina grad show when I worked over at another network. And then, so I, I'm used to it. It's scary. I'm not someone who wants the reins, um, but I definitely want to be able to tell a story when it pops into my head. So when we have, you know, when it's Teresa and I, who we really are just friends. I've known her since 2006. Um, you know, we just go have wine and fries and, you know, sit at the table in Los Feliz in Hollywood for, you know, four hours. That's kind of what we're doing. So it just, it feels very comfortable. Doesn't, we're not working too hard. In fact, when we find ourselves working too hard, we talk about it after the show and we say we definitely need to be working smarter because we're, we're prepping way too much for what we need. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's easy. And it, it is fun to be able to make room for yourself when you have something to say, as opposed to starting to talk, apologizing, and then shutting up for 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, Gina Grad, thank you so much for joining us today, oh. giving us a few minutes. Check I her out on Instagram and Twitter, at Gina Grad. I'm Andrew Keller for Larry and Gina saying thanks for stopping by.